after I made this little quick funny, I, I then proceeded to walk around for the next two weeks. And I did a lot of crying and, and, you know, how could this be happening to me? And I don't deserve this. And all these, these things that you're trying to negotiate with yourself. And of course there is no negotiating here you are. And then finally I said, okay, well, if this is it now, and meantime, I, I made all my appointments. I did all the right things. I didn't just, you know, pout for two weeks. Um, and I would say, that's a tip, uh, be speedy, uh, you know, get all your information so you can make your informed decisions and, and don't wait, don't put it off, uh, get that done, get those tests done. So there I was, you know, and I, I, I just, I didn't even resemble my normal self. And then I said, well, shoot, if this is it, um, I, I, I can't just be here in the corner of misery. That's no fun. And then I just started to make fun of the situation because it just felt so preposterous to me. That was my, my word. Oh yeah. After the first two weeks, uh, you know, and we'd, I think, uh, you know, we'd been joking around with my husband uh, for more than that, because, you know, it's not enough to just, uh, you know, do all the things that you need to do physically and follow up with all the doctors, you know, a lot of it's in your head, you know, that's, that's a, that's a portion of it. And when you have kind of the right mindset and wherever that needs to be, I mean, not everyone's going to be ready to make these jokes that are a little bleeding edge, you know, that might not be your thing. Um, but it's definitely mine. So, uh, you know, I started just saying these things and it was mostly because people were just so appalled. I mean, people would gasp when I told them, you know, uh, you know, I'm at work and I'm going, okay, well, I'm, I'm going to be out. Uh, I'm, I'm going to go, uh, I have to, I'm going to be out for a couple of weeks. And they're like, how many? And then, you know, they got more and more scared as, as I started giving them details. I was handing out, Janine, I was handing out um, like uh, breast cancer, like support bracelets. Like I was trying anything to make it better for everybody else because you know, you can see that you can feel the concern, you can feel like, oh my God, you know, what can we do for you? Um, so I just kind of got a little silly, you know, and it, in some ways as the actual patient, some things are a little easier for you because if you're adjusted to it and you're kind of muddling along, you're watching like the ripple effect as it goes out from mm from where you're at to, you know, your immediate family, your, your caregivers, you know, who's helping you out with whatever and your family, your friend, you, you can see it, you can see the effect. So I use it as a way to, you know, I'd like you to treat me, you know, as normal. Um, yeah. I don't, I don't want all this special stuff. I don't want you crying over me. Like, Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl. This is Funny Wine Girl, aka Janine Luby, and this week we're doing things a little bit differently. Uh, if you do listen on a regular basis, and even if you don't, I'm just going to let you know that normally I have a guest each week, and that is typically a woman who is uncorking, opening up, hence the name of the show, women sharing their stories, uh, whatever it is they want to share, in the hopes that my listeners will be informed, inspired, entertained, and all of that good stuff. So as we all know, October is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. So I am going to highlight some things um, you just heard in the opening there. Nancy Orline. Nancy is a friend of mine who is hilarious. 
a comedian whose sense of humor is a little bit, as she calls it, bleeding edge, a little bit on the darker side. And I just love that. Well, Nancy was a guest on in October of 2021. And here's a tip or a little information. I shouldn't say a tip, a little highlight. Nancy's episode of Uncorked with Funny Wine Girl, that episode in which uh, I interviewed or spoke with, I should say Nancy, is the most listened to episode with about 55 listens. Uh, It was a good conversation. And Nancy shares not only her health story, but at the time she was going through breast cancer. And that is what the opening was there. She was sharing... um, I guess you could say a little bit about what it was like when she was first diagnosed. And uh, if you do decide to listen to the full episode, and and you know, I'm sure you know this, but in case you don't, you can go back through all of the episodes are logged. Uh, I started the podcast, it was two years ago in May, so May of 2021, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen, you should be able to scroll through and go back and listen to any episode you'd like. So if you'd like to hear the full conversation with Nancy Orline, it was season two, episode eight. And as I said, it is the most listened to episode. It's called She Wears Her Pink in Her Cheeks uh, because pink is said to be healthy. But uh, so Nancy's conversation when we had it a couple of years ago, uh, I just I admire Nancy a lot. She uses humor and she has used humor to get through her breast cancer diagnosis. But also at the time, she had a lot going on in her life. She had moved Uh, recently she had made a move, her and her husband and her family and her husband was on a, excuse me, a wait list for a heart transplant. So she certainly had a lot on her plate. So if you'd like to hear her full story, please go back season two, episode eight and hear her story of how she used humor, what her experience was like. And I do want to give an update on Nancy. As I said, Nancy, uh, Nancy and I got to know each other briefly through uh, performing humor, uh, performing stand-up, I should say, stand-up comedy. She is one of the gals that I got to meet in the Lehigh Valley, thanks to the Lehigh Valley stand-up uh, women's group uh, that Roya Hamadani was, was key in starting, Aaliyah Brown. Lisa Van Arsdale. They've all been on the show. Elizabeth Marcon, all these great women who are very funny in the Lehigh Valley. I got to meet Nancy a few years ago. She came here to perform in a a show I held at a winery uh, a couple years ago. And then she performed again at that same winery when we had a benefit for, um, I believe it was for the Susan G. Komen Foundation. But I wanted to update you. I checked in with Nancy. We're still friends on Facebook. And she and her husband, Kurt, are doing really well. They're both feeling great. Uh, Her husband, uh, she said recently lost 70, excuse me, 70 pounds. Um, Nancy is lifting weights three to four times a week and taking yoga. And to quote her, she says, we are thriving. Uh, she <laughs> she loves reading about my treadmill musings. Uh, and last December, she and her husband adopted ginger kittens, Cheeto and Dorito. Uh, her frisky one-year-old boys just had a fight on a work Zoom call today. She said they keep things interesting. So I wanted to give an update on Nancy. And if you've been a longtime listener, then you have probably listened to her story. And if you haven't, I would suggest going back and listening to it because, as I said, uh, Nancy is just incredible. She does have a darker sense of humor, but that's the thing about humor. And 
I have spoken on humor many times because humor is different for everyone. And there is something called gallows humor, uh, which is dark humor. And it's something that if someone else heard it out of context, they might be offended. But it's basically using humor even in the darkest of times. So that is that is often written about for folks who, let's say, are in, uh, let's say, the emergency room, emergency room nurses or doctors. They might see some horrific things. I'm sure they do. And their humor, if someone happened to overhear it, might be offended. But for them to get through the stress and the pressure of their jobs, it is for them. Uh, people, uh, military soldiers in wartime, the things they see, the things they go through, humor bonds them and it helps them get through things. Uh, people who are first responders, police. So this is all written about gallows humor is not for everyone. And obviously it's not meant to be for everyone, but it helps people get through something that's horrific. And that is what Nancy did. She used humor to get through uh, her breast cancer diagnosis and her husband's heart transplant transplant wait list. And thankfully, they're both doing great. So I did want to give an update on that. But what I also wanted to share is, gosh, you'd think I just ran a marathon. No, I'm just trying to get out of my sports bra again. No, not while I'm doing this. <laughs> I wanted to share this because I think it is so important that we take care of our own health. And as women, a lot of times we are the caregivers and we may put things off. And we shouldn't. We really do need to take care of our health. Um, so I just wanted to share a little bit about, let me see, I have a statistic here. Uh, currently, let's see, women currently being treated and women who have finished treatment. Breast cancer is the most commonly diagnosed cancer among U.S. women. About 30% of all newly diagnosed cancers in women each year are breast cancer. So I do think it's worth talking about. I think it's worth talking about mammograms, things that we can do like self breast exams, uh, having our our doctors do a breast exam. Um, I, I'll admit mine didn't do that this year, but I won't go off on the healthcare system because I am completely uh, disheartened and disgusted by our healthcare system and the amount of um, what a physical exam looks like these days. It's not very much, uh, honestly. So, um, but I don't want to go down that path. I want to keep it positive and I want to share uh, just a couple things because it is, I don't mind sharing my personal information. In fact, I think if we don't share, then other people are scared. And I think I, what I should say is when people do share their stories, much like with mental health, and you know that I talk about that a lot on this podcast, um, because I am a mental health advocate, I will call myself, I am friends with people with mental health uh, issues, illnesses, and they've proudly, and I shouldn't say well, and yeah, proudly and openly, honestly shared their stories and their uh, ups and downs. And I think just like with mental health, we do need to talk about health overall. We need to talk about things that, um, that might create uh, obstacles in our lives and share how we felt so that other people out there know that they are not alone. They are not the only ones having this happen or feeling scared, uh, and maybe give them some ideas on how they might handle things. So uh, like I said, this week is a little bit different. Um, I've, I included that clip from Nancy. I do encourage you to go check out her full episode. Um, but I also have shared in the next few clips, they are clips of, um, they're not fancy, they're not pretty. They are videos that I did this past year 
after I received uh, a letter about my mammogram that I had, my annual mammogram, I do go, and I received a letter like I had not ever received. Um, I do have dense breasts, and uh, women with dense breasts, they say it's a little bit harder to read the breast. Um, and, you know, while it's talked about a lot, honestly, I did look it up, and quite frankly, a lot of women, it is common for women to have dense breasts. But um, this year, I received a letter in my my chart, which is like the patient portal, and it was basically saying there were some irregularities that showed on my mammogram. Now, here's what I do want to share. Um, it was the first time for me receiving news like this. I'm 52. At the time, I was 51. It was a month or a couple months before my birthday. And I've been receiving mammograms. I've been getting them as recommended since I was 40. I do not have, thankfully, I do not have breast cancer in my family, so I did not see a need uh, to go before 40. So I have been going since I'm 40. So every year I've gone, have never had an issue this year I received that letter that there were some abnormalities and I was scared. And so what I've shared next, and I don't know if anyone will find them of value, uh, the videos that I did, I was just kind of documenting how I was feeling. So you'll hear them in order. The first one is basically uh, the day that I got the, the letter in my inpatient, my portal, how I was just feeling, what I was processing after I received the letter about the abnormal uh, mammogram. And then the next two videos are just the day that I went for my follow-up mammogram and my ultrasound, which was what was required. Three weeks after I received the letter, I had another appointment to go for follow-up mammogram, and they took all kinds of angles and squished my boob to kingdom come to make it as flat as like paper thin. <laughs> and then I had an ultrasound. So these videos are in order. The first one is the day that I got the news uh, that I had to go back. And then the next two are that morning. So the one will be before I went in. And then the other one is after I got my news about what the test showed. And uh, before I play them, I just want to say that even though I'm fine, I think it's important that we listen to our friends or even if we don't want to use the word friend, acquaintance, colleague, a stranger, someone who's upset, who just needs to process information and get to a place where they're comfortable with it. Because I will tell you that when I received the letter, I was scared. I had not received something like this before. And the way the letter was worded, it sounded serious. So I was scared. Um, and I went and told a few friends. Some were just, you know, I hope it's okay. And some, you know, my, my good friend Sharon said that she'd even come up with me for my follow-up visit in case there was bad news, which I truly appreciated. I thought that was great. I did not share this with my mother because I just didn't want to wor worry her and figured as long as everything worked out okay, I didn't even have to tell her, no reason to worry her. But a couple other friends, um, they just kind of, I will say, I feel like they trivialized it or minimized it. And I know they did not mean that. That was not their intention of course, but it was like the automatic reaction was like, oh, it'll be fine. Or, oh yeah, I've gotten that letter before. It's nothing. It'll be okay. Um, I understand where they're coming from, but I would just remind people to let people tell you how they're feeling. And you don't have to say it'll be okay, but you can say, um, I'm here for you. What can I do? Um, do you want me to go to the appointment with you? Or, you know, I'm here. Please call me as soon as you get finished. Let me know how you're doing. Uh, we can go out for coffee. We can talk. We can go for a walk. If you, you know, if you want to talk more about it, please don't tell them, oh, it'll be fine. Or, oh yeah, that happened to me. It's all fine. 
let them let them experience how they're feeling. Let them share how they're feeling and process it before you say what you say. Because to me, like I said, I did feel like it was uh, what how I feeling how I was feeling was kind of being trivialized or minimized. And let's face it, just because you've been through something doesn't mean you should say to the person, oh, that was yeah, that's not a big deal. I went through that. Now they're going through it, so let them feel it. And that's kind of what I wanted to do. So I have my videos. Um, that I will share. So, uh, you know, take a listen and uh, I'll be back to close out the show in a bit. I think, I think I've been blessed. No, I know I've been blessed to not have a lot of tragedy in my life. Um, losing my grandmother when I was 21 was my biggest, like biggest saddest event in my life. And I was fortunate to have her my whole life and she lived with us. The whole time so I got to know her she was my only grandparent living grandparent but still she lived with us and she meant a lot to me but that was my biggest tragedy so I guess I've been pretty fortunate so today when I got information about an irregular mammogram I'm like wow am I really this well I mean at first I was just like oh my god overwhelmed and scared and now I'm thinking about it and I'm like <laughs> all these thoughts going through my head like I know a lot of people who've had cancer I know a lot of people who've had breast cancer I can talk to them I can lean on them there are support groups um, then of course I start thinking about why, because I drink too much wine. I drink fat, or I eat. Yeah, I don't drink fatty food. <laughs> I eat fatty food. I do exercise and drink a lot of water, but those are only two in the plus column. So I start thinking about all these things, and I'm really glad I just went for my run. I'm on my run streak from Memorial Day till Fourth of July. Today is day 11, I believe. I believe. So even though it was just about a mile, just to get it clocked, because then I have to go meet up with Tina and talk about dog sitting duties, but um, it helped, it definitely helped. And I'm just trying to put things into perspective. I just, I have three weeks before my ultrasound, so I am gonna worry a little bit, but you know, I mean, I wanna think hopefully and positively, but I literally just read the news uh, today in my chart, and maybe it's not a big deal. Maybe people who've been through this are like, oh gosh, they're usually nothing. But for me, I don't know, it's kind of the first time I've ever had an abnormal mammogram like this that said, that there were obscured masses. So it's for me, I'm just trying to like deal with all the information. So uh, it, it also made me think of my dear friend Gab, who always says about giving people grace, you don't know what they're going through. And it really hit me like, I'm like, this is what I'm dwelling on right now. But imagine how many people go through this every day, whether it's them or someone in their family that they're trying to deal with getting answers, understanding illnesses. And you know, and the truth is, as you see posted all over social media, you don't know, everybody's going through something and you don't know what it is. But anyway, hopefully I'll have positive news to share and I will have to wait at least three weeks until the 29th for my next appointment to find out. But I'm hoping to keep a good attitude anyway. So we'll see. So three weeks ago, I made a little video about my concern um, I had a mammogram, I think it was June 5th, it was a Monday, and then on Thursday, I had information in my chart, my patient chart portal, saying that I needed to come back for further testing because um, they actually didn't call it suspicious, but there was asymmetry in at least one breast, <clears throat> and the other one, it was, I keep messing up the word, if it was obscured or, um, I think it was obscured, where they couldn't see um, something, you know, that there was an obstruction or whatever they call it, ob obscure obstruction, whatever they couldn't really see. So there's, they want to do follow up on the right and left breast one. They just need to do, I think the left, they just need to do another mammogram, but, um, 
The other, uh, or both, I think are getting um, ultrasound. So this is the first time that I've had this like follow-up. Normally it's just, yes, you have dense breasts, but there's nothing unusual, whatever. And this is the first time. I mean, I'll be 52 September. Uh, so this was scary for me, and I did make a video three weeks ago about it. And like life happens, other things came up that I got distracted by, involved and immersed in. So I didn't worry about it. So um, I know a lot of women are telling me, oh, it's nothing. It's nothing. Even the doctor's office, I had wanted an earlier appointment because I had to wait three weeks because I was nervous. I wanted, I was hoping for a sooner appointment. And someone called me, didn't identify herself. So it could have been the janitor for all I know, which is noble work but someone woman who didn't tell me her name her position I don't know if she was a nurse or receptionist she's like oh don't worry the doctor's not worried if she was worried she would have got you in sooner so interesting though with healthcare, I was going to say well I imagine she's not worried about my bills either right um I'm worried because this is my body but in any case I'm hoping that what they find today is nothing but um I am still a little bit nervous and again it's my body so of course I'm concerned and it's new for me so it's scary uh but healthcare in this country I mean I can't even and yes I know there's much worse healthcare out there so I should be grateful and as I was driving here this morning I'm thinking I'm grateful that I have a car that when I get in it I start it and it just starts because I lease a vehicle I don't have the best finances. I do okay, but I'm not rich and this is an affordable way. So just getting a new vehicle every three years with a lease, but getting in it, knowing that I can start it up and get here where other people might have to take a bus and maybe they don't have a support system. So I am blessed and I'm gonna focus on that this morning. So I just came back from my follow-up uh, mammogram and ultrasound and I had a mammogram three weeks ago, my annual, and I'm 51, I'll be 52 in September. So I've been getting mammograms for about 10, 11 years since they were recommended at 40. They keep changing guidelines and I have no idea, um, but I think they're still recommended at 40. Anyway, um, I've been getting them for like 11 years. And yes, I've been told I have dense breasts, about half of women or more have dense breasts. That's pretty common but it does make it, I guess, harder to get an accurate read of your breasts and if there are concern areas. So this was the first year that I had received uh, in my chart, my patient portal, information saying I had to come back for another mammogram and for an ultrasound, which I've never had to do before. So I was scared, that was three weeks ago. I was nervous and of course the doctor's office, I was like, oh, can I get in sooner? The doctor's office was like, oh, well, she's not worried. Okay. So anyway, I went today and I was there and I was nervous because I've never had this before. So the radiologist came out and she talked to me and said, I love how, what she leads with much like the doctor's office. I'm not worried. I, maybe it's personality types. Me personally, I would prefer a factual approach. Like here's what you have. Here's why it's not concerning as opposed to her saying, I'm not worried. And no offense, but I don't care if you're worried. It's my body. Explain to me why I should or should not be worried and what my next steps are. So anyway, apparently um, my breast makes a lot of cysts. C-Y-S-T, cyst, cysts. And, uh, but I've never had to go for follow-up before, so that's why it was concerning to me. But that's why it is important, ladies, to do self-breast exams because now I'll know what it feels like, what cysts are. Uh, normal cysts and then when something feels different that's when you need to go hmm I think I need to tell my healthcare provider and have this checked out so I'm happy to say I was worried I mean hey you know what people are entitled to feel how they feel and I felt scared a little bit scared a little bit nervous
because I had never had this before. And like, what if it was something? And then I had to have a biopsy. What if it was cancer? So all these thoughts go through my head, all different things. So I am fortunate. I feel fortunate today. I feel um, that I am glad I'm healthy, um, at least in that regard. But it is important to take care of your health, um, women. So take care of your health. Hi, it's me again, Janine, funny wine girl. So those, uh, I keep saying videos and they, they were videos that I made on my phone with the idea that I might share them on social media and I never did, but I did save them because I thought I might want to share the message. Not because I'm looking for any kind of like sympathy or whatever, because everything worked out okay if you listened. Um, basically, that was just me sharing how I felt when I got the letter that there was abnorm abnormalities, and then how I felt the day before I went in, uh, and then after I came out, after I had my uh, follow-up mammogram and my ultrasound. And like I said, I just I wanted I knew I kind of wanted to do something with them, especially this time of year, October Breast Cancer Awareness Month, to just kind of remind women to, you know, do what they can to, to stay healthy and to be supportive of other women and friends and just anyone who asks for your ear. Because as I said in my previous, uh, you know, uh, intro to them, it's important that we let people just share how they're feeling just to process it, you know, to get through it. Because honestly, that first day when I got the news, I was really upset. I truly was. And then when I went for a run, as everyone who ever has listened to me knows probably that uh, exercise for me is the elixir. So uh, exercise makes me feel so much better. So that day I, I felt better just after my run. So I really did kind of, I was able to put things aside. And then of course that day I went and thankfully, as you heard, I came out okay. But the one thing I do want to make a point of that uh, I think is important. And I recently made this point at the medical college in Scranton, Geisinger School of Medicine. Uh, again, if you've listened to the podcast before, you know a few weeks ago I had a guest on who is a standardized patient in the Washington, D.C. area. And we kind of, we had a great conversation that I actually split into two episodes because we were sharing uh, our experiences as st uh, standardized patients, which basically means portraying a patient. If you're a Seinfeld fan, you'll remember when uh, Kramer was, <laughs> had gonorrhea and then the one poor guy had like, uh, you know, he's like, what do you have? He's like, oh, the surgeon left a sponge in me. It's like, hmm, have fun with that. Um, in any case, I've been doing standardized patient work, which is like per diem work for about 12 years, ever since I left my quote unquote day job, because it's per diem. You can take the work when you're available. And I will tell you that I've been doing it for almost 13 years. And I love everyone over at the medical college, the faculty, the staff, the students. I've learned a lot about my body. But what I want to share is that this week when I was there, um, fortunately, a lot of the doctors will allow us to provide input to the students, <clears throat> excuse me, so that they can learn and not only learn as in, okay, where are the pulses or where do I, you know, palpate the abdomen or whatever, but learn from a patient perspective what, how patients are feeling and, and how that they can learn to communicate better with patients and things like that. So this week, um, the doctor I was working with said, you know, he asked me for some input and I shared uh, a point that I wanted to make and he appreciated it because he made sure that I shared it with the next group. What I shared was something that came out of my experience with this irregular mammogram. When I first found out I was upset and I was trying to get 
my follow-up appointment. And the, and the earliest I could get was three weeks. Now, I understand that there are many people who are worse off than me who have actual probably cancer and other kinds of illnesses, and they have to wait weeks and weeks for appointments because that is our healthcare system. And like I said, I won't go too far off on that. But when I called and I could only get an appointment in three weeks for me, again, it was me and I was scared that particular day. I was like, oh my God, I have to wait three weeks. And I was afraid I was going to be worried. You know, thankfully I went for my run and I was like, all right, calm down, Sally, you're okay. Um, but I, I called back and I was like, you know, I'll take any, I'll take Wilkesbury, I'll take Kingston. Uh, it doesn't have to be in Scranton just because I live in Scranton. And they're like, no, actually three weeks is the earliest we have. So I'm like, okay. But at that particular day, I, like I said, I was scared. So I, I wasn't taking no for an answer. So I did use the portal to send a message to my uh, primary care doc who kind of was like, oh, if you need anything, let me know kind of thing, which is whatever. Uh, now this doctor I've known for like a couple months, I picked her because she's a woman and she was, you know, new and could take new patients. I'm not impressed, but uh, in any case, uh, that's neither here nor there. I did receive a phone call from her office, and I think you heard that in one of the videos. The woman was like, who did not even identify herself. Like I said, she didn't say, hi, this is Sue, her admin. This is Sue, her nurse. Didn't say who the heck she was. But what I want to get to is when she did call me, she's like, oh, don't worry. The doc said if she was concerned, she would have gotten you in sooner. She's not worried about it. She's not worried about it, which aggravates me. And then uh, when I was waiting for the news after the ultrasound and the extra uh, follow-up mammograms that day, the first words practically out of the radiologist's mouth when she came out to see me were, well, there's nothing I'm worried about or I'm not worried about anything I saw there. And I have to say that is not comforting to me. I do believe, and this is something I shared with the standardized patients this week, it could be generational because I think back to my grandmother who's long since passed. She died about 20 years ago, but um, actually lo longer ago than that. But I mean, her generation, she was born in 1905. The older generation only wanted to hear whatever authority had to say. They didn't need an explanation because the older folks uh, have a res great respect for authority, as in a priest or a minister saying something, a doctor. So for their generation, if a doctor comes out and says, you know what, I'm not worried about it, they might be like, oh, well, thank you, Dr. So-and-so. But for me, <clears throat> and I believe probably younger generations, but I won't speak for them, I'm a Gen Xer, I am not trying to like sound impressive or anything, but I, I have gone to school. I have a master's degree and I've been, I've worked in healthcare at Blue Cross for 11 years. I've been a standardized patient for 12 or 13. So I do understand a pretty high level of, of medical terminology and health. So for me, I personally want you to tell me the facts. I don't want me to, I don't want you to tell me that you're not worried. Um, and, and honestly, it doesn't matter if you have a degree. So I'm, again, it doesn't matter that I have a degree. If someone else doesn't have one, they still deserve to have information explained in a way that they understand and not just be told, you know what? It's nothing. Don't worry. I'm not worried. I'm sorry. That's not acceptable. So anyway, I did share that with the doctor and the standardized patients this week. And I'm sure not every person is the same as me, but I do think every patient has the right to be given facts. That's what I would have preferred the radiologist who uh, came out and said, instead of saying, I'm not worried, 
I would have appreciated it more if she said, okay, here's what's going on. Here's why you had to come back. Your, uh, you have cysts in your breast and you know, you have a lot of them or they, you know, they're not cancerous. Uh, let's keep an eye though. We'll keep checking every year, but right now it's nothing for you to be concerned about. I'm not concerned. Then, yeah, then you can tell me you're concerned, but tell me first what's going on. So in any case, that was my story. Uh, I'd like to hope and believe everything's fine. Uh, although lately I have actually had, I kind of feel something again in my breast. So I'm going to keep an eye on that. I don't know uh, if that's just a placebo kind of effect, if my mind is like, because I, it knows that I have the cysts, if that's, you know, something going on or if there really is something, but I will keep an eye on that. And I definitely do go for my mammogram every year. And I hope you will go for yours. And before I don't want to keep babbling as I close out this episode this week, the last clip that you are going to hear is my stand-up comedy because I do a bit about mammograms and how they would be made better with wine. So that is what's going to close out the episode this week is my little bit. And this particular clip was taken last winter, I believe last February, at my show at the Electric City Axe Company in Scranton. I produced the show called Laugh Your Axe Off. And of course, it was a women's comedy night. Women were able to come and throw axes, and then we did comedy. So that is what the clip is that you're going to hear. And I will close here uh, and say to you, thank you so much for listening. As always, uh, it is so important that you help local and small performers and content creators, podcast creators, artists, because as I've been on my kick lately, I've been complaining about how everyone runs out and supports you know, people like Taylor Swift who already have a ton of money. I actually had to cancel a comedy show this week in the Poconos because we didn't sell enough tickets. So I urge you to show your support to people. If you want to go to something, buy your tickets. Don't wait till the last minute because sometimes, like in my case this week, we, we did cancel. I did choose to cancel because I respect myself and my fellow performers that I hire far too much to go and work for uh, less than we deserve, even though that's out there, that's bullshit. So we're not going to do that. So share the podcast on your social media, write a review. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation, or I shouldn't say donation because it's not tax-free, but if you'd like to help support me in this endeavor, this podcast, invest in it. Uh, just, I, I ask you to make a donation. It could be as small as $5 uh, to my buy me a coffee platform. And if you don't have money to donate, or I shouldn't say, I have to stop using that word, invest. I totally respect that. And I believe me, I understand. Just share, spread the word, tell people about the podcast. And I really would appreciate that. And without further ado, you'll hear the clip of my mammogram a comedy. But as I always like to say, I do appreciate you from the bottom of my heart and the bottom of my wine glass. It's, you know, it would be an experience that would be made so much better with wine. Wouldn't that? Oh, yeah. Right? Can you imagine, right? You walk in, it's like, okay, um, this movie, your pink smock is over there. And, um, oh, you selected a lovely California Chardonnay. Um, yes, just the right amount of woodiness.
all, and the women are lovely, but it's an awkward experience, right? It's like, okay, Janine, okay, just relax. Lower your right shoulder, but lift your right breast. <laughs> no, no, honey, just lower the shoulder, but lift the right breast. I was like, they were to fight. with that hot UPS guy I saw in your life. <laughs> 